Okay, so we've had lots of fun this morning, lots of really great testimonies, and um, I am probably going to have to abbreviate a little bit further, but that's fine. I'm sure that somebody might be, uh, we might have part two of this. And hopefully we'll have a little bit of participation too. So one of the things I have been doing recently is I have been studying so that I can actually do financial sozos. Some of you have had sozos. They're awesome. They're great. But this one keys on our finances. And there's a lot more knowledge that has to be in there. But uh, it's, it's actually been very, uh, very intense information. And I'll get to some of that fun stuff later. Um, when I was looking, learning all this stuff, I have hours and hours and hours of stuff I've listened to, stuff I've read, videos, and all of those wonderful things. And so I'm going to have to shorten this, and then I'm going to have to shorten this further, which is cool. I'm sure uh, you guys, uh, you guys uh, would uh, don't mind. So, okay, cool. So, when we were born, God actually knitted us in our mother's womb. What he also knitted in is seeds of our dreams. We have all been given dreams. And this actually goes along with uh, James's testimony. You didn't know you were helping with my sermon. <laughs> we have dreams put in our heart. We have multiple dreams put in our heart. But as we grow up, Sometimes we hit those limitations. And sometimes our limitations is our finances or our parents' finances. Uh, in this picture, the young boy looks like he's wishing to fly planes. How expensive is a pilot's license? Yeah, it's, it's one of the, unless you go into the military, there's cost involved. Anybody who has raised kids knows, starts looking at that bill for if they go to college. That could be expensive too. And a lot of times in church, we get dreams put in us. Prophetic words are awesome. They confirm our dreams, but they also give us more dreams. And God puts them in there and it wakens the old dreams. But the thief comes and he does things to try to take that dream away. He steals that seed that gets put inside of us. But God wants it to grow. He really wants it to grow. And he gives us opportunities to learn how to sustain that dream that he wants to give us. Sometimes it takes time to be able to steward what he is wanting us to grow into. And interesting enough, all the dreams take money. You want to go on a missions trip? Well, at least you need to buy your plane ticket. You'll probably need to buy your passport. You'll probably need to buy some type of lodging and stuff that goes towards the missions. It's not a free, you know, just jump into missions. So some people were able to raise money, and some people have to do things to raise their own finances. You want to be a doctor. Well, it takes money to be a doctor. How about just raising a family? Taking, just raising your family takes money. Children can be very expensive. 
So when we so the question is how do we get to the next level of being able to afford what we have dreamed? One of the things that God does is he makes things in the natural that match things in the spiritual. And I find this especially in finances. Uh, let's see if this plays. Yeah. So here's a wonderful example. Um, a teenager gets a driver's license. Okay? They get a blessing of being able to drive. And they may have a blessing of being able to use mom and dad's car. But they have limits on how much time they can drive, when they could drive, what time they have to be home, and they have responsibility. However, in that responsibility, as you're responsible, you gain trust with your mom and dad. And when you gain trust with your mom and dad, they start saying, oh, you're being responsible with this little, let's give you more. So you could stay out later. Uh, maybe now, you, instead of just going to and from school, you get to take your siblings somewhere. Or, wow, you get to take your friends. That's a big responsibility because friends are very big distractions. And they don't tell your parents if you did something bad. <laughs> and as you're responsible, you keep going and you get more responsibility. You move out, you get your own car. But guess what? Now you have to have your money for the car, you also have to insurance, and you also have um, gas money and all that fun stuff. As a kid, first driving, sometimes mom and dad are really sweet and pay for your gas. But it happens in Bible too, in, our, um, in scripture. Uh, there's, I'm going to shorten this. So there's the, uh, the parables of the stewarding where God gives 10, 5, 1. Okay. Have you ever noticed he gave 5 here, 2 here, 1 here? 5, 2, 1. He gives them the amount of money that he felt is, they are responsible for. And they increase. And this person hides it. So... He gives the responsibility. He knows how much our heart is responsible for. Um, so, first of all, I want to make sure that we're not hearing the wrong thing here. You cannot buy a miracle. No matter how much of this stuff you have, you can't buy a miracle. Okay? But... Okay, it's gone. It's okay. But when we steward money, it does bring blessings from heaven. So this may not buy a miracle, but it does, you know, offering all that wonderful stuff does bring blessings from heaven. So why am I talking about it? We have some statistics here. One verse out of six deals with money in the gospel. 16 of the 44 parables deal about mis or use of money. So we need wisdom to learn how to steward, and God gives wisdom completely, just all over the place. He gives us as much wisdom as we can ask for and more. So um, 
when you build a building, you have something called a plumb line. And I picked up a plumb bob, and it tells you which way is down. Okay? I'm going to have to shorten it because I'm a lot shorter than I did this at. It shows you which way is down. So our plumb line is our Bible. Jesus is our plumb line. And we have two different mindsets that go either way. Let's see if I can find the picture. Yeah. At one side, we have a poverty mindset. And the other side, we have a materialism mindset. And we have to... And we have to know what our mind is doing and what's coming in and what's fighting us to get that correct plumb line correct. So when, when I'm going along and doing something, if I start doing, oh, I can't afford, I can't do, I can't give to missions, I can't give tithe, our plumb line starts going over here. We are over here, not here. And if we start doing, well, I can do everything. I am a self-made man that's over here. And, you know, what we, what's going to happen is it's going to swing a little bit. And you just, what, what you want to happen is that you have your plumb line here. And every once in a while it swings a little bit. And the Holy Spirit corrects you. And you go back to center. And you swing a little bit this way. Go back to center. And what usually happens in our life is this. So you just want it to slow down. And get back to center. So, when we are thinking of what we want to do, how we want to do, all that fun stuff, we actually need to pull off this poverty mindset, but not go over here. We want to not do this, but not go over here. And usually what happens is our words will give us keys on what we actually are saying, what we actually have, or what we're doing. Um, so, $20. To some people, this will buy about three to four of these. So, if I want to give $20, all I have to do is not drink this for a week. Some people, this is their groceries. So when they're giving $20, they're giving their food. So which is a greater sacrifice? Not drinking this or not having food. Not having food. So when you're giving, your sacrifice is part of how much is sacrificing to you? So, um, Jesus talks about the widow's mite when she put in her money. That was probably her food budget. When the Pharisees put in more money than she did, that was probably, you know, some spare cash. 
that's what, you know, it, that, it's part of the sacrifice. I actually did a study for the kids. I don't have the figures right now, but when they sacrificed a whole cow, I think it was a whole cow would feed a family of four hamburgers, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a whole year. So when you took your cow in to get sacrificed, that is a chunk of your food. Now, a family that has lots of cows, that's, you know, it's, it's not that bad, but you know, still, that's a chunk of food. We were talking to a friend yesterday, and they brought up about going and getting a cow to put in their freezer. Not a live cow, but a chopped up cow. <laughs> but um, they said to do that would cost $2,000. $2,000 of hamburger is a whole cow. And it's like, wow, and that was a discount too. Because you get, you get, it costs more to have like a chunk, uh, like a quarter or a half, so. Um, so a lot of the finance people will do living, giving, and savings. I am going to speed over to giving. So our giving is a part of worship. And somebody actually came and broke this down really nicely. Now, tithe is when I'm giving money to God, but I'm entrusting it to the church. So my focus is worship God, but I'm entrusting it to the church. Honestly, even though our church does a great finance uh, thing each year, I don't care because I'm entrusting it. I'm entrusting their authority to use this as needed. But I go because I'm curious. <laughs> but I do know they take some of this money, when I give it to them, goes to the poor. Some of this money goes to um, different, system, uh, different things like uh, food for people. It goes to charity. It goes to helping widows. It goes to feeding people. I also know that some of this I get back. Not as a paycheck, but I get it as spiritual food. I get it in air conditioning. I get it in, yes, air conditioning. Thank God for air conditioning. <laughs> I get it in lights and a great sound system. So every time I tithe, I get excited about tithing actually. Every time I tithe, it, there, there's a, a cycle that happens. And I get a little bit from that tithe, but I know also other people get from that tithe too. When we give to the poor, actually... Yeah, we'll just leave it on here. When we give to the poor, it's actually considered alms. And we give to a, a, a different type of offering. We're giving to vision. And I'm going to break those down a little bit more here in a moment. So, tithe is all about honoring God and that God is the Lord of my income. It rebukes arrogance. It rebukes that self-made man. It's saying that God is my franchiser, and I am giving back. I am giving Him a portion. So, everybody know this is a franchise. I could get a lot cheaper coffee, 
somewhere else. A portion of my coffee goes to pay the kids that make it, or the teens or the adults that make it. A portion goes back into the coffee grower. A portion goes into uh, having the store um, active, you know, AC and the important Wi-Fi thing, hotspot, ooh, Wi-Fi. But a portion of it goes back to the corporation, and that's considered a uh, that's considered. Um, I just said it. <laughs> franchise. Parts of it goes back to the franchise. In a sense, when I give my tithes to God, it's going back to the franchise. When I, oh, actually I have something else I want to read about the tithe. I actually found this this morning. I thought it was interesting. I feel like the Holy Spirit led me to this one, so. And this is overall, this is not this church, because I don't know anything about this. Uh, American Christians, the wealthiest Christians in all history... This is 2009. Are making the world just about 2% of actual 10,000 10, of our income. Basically, they pay about 2.5% of their income. Not 10%, 2.5. This is an average of all American Christians. The 10% of our income, instead of the 2.5% that we give, would be an extra... 168 billion to spend in funding of the work of, of the church worldwide. If every American church goer tithed, we would literally change the world. In fact, as I mentioned in chapter 13 of a different book, 65 billion, less than 40% of the extra 168 billion, would eliminate extreme poverty on the planet for more than a billion people. Universal Universal primary education for children would only cost $6 billion. The cost to bring clean water to the most, most of the world's poor, $9 billion. And basic health and nutrition for everybody, only $13 billion. So if the church had a nice, good study, the church around the world, not just small churches, if the church as a whole actually tithed, we could eliminate... Most poverty. What could the kingdom do with that money? And then we have plenty extra to spend on spreading the gospel, giving the Bible in all the different languages. The, spreading the kingdom actually costs money. And that's the beauty of the tithe. When I'm giving tithe or giving division, I am, I am actually giving into the kingdom. So, back to the poor. So, when we give to the poor, it's about our heart. And the funny thing is, it's actually a loan to God. Who wants God to be your banker? Do you have any idea what type of interest he gives? There's a fun story I searched for, and I can't find it, so I can't remember the exact pastor. So I'm going to paraphrase the testimony. So a young kid 
uh, when a pastor was young. He was at a church meeting. This is the Monopoly money. And there was a guest speaker that was talking about uh, missions to the poor. And he felt moved in his heart. And he gave $5. Only $5. But that was, you know, the money he felt in his heart to give to the poor. Many kids, when they feel, hear about hungry kids, they want to give. Later on, and I don't have that denomination. Okay. Later on, the pastor was in an office at a church that wasn't doing abundantly. So he was, you know, the, but the budget was tight. He was sitting in his office. He was going to have to not get paid, which is one of those things that happens. Somebody walked in his office and gave him a folded check and said, I felt the Holy Spirit wanted me to give this to you, not the church. And he says, okay. And then the guy leaves, and he opens a check, and it's $50,000. And then he hears God say, that's your $5 with interest. So who wants to get a loan from God, or loan money to God? <laughs> That's some good interest there. When I was actually preparing this, I randomly found a video that was... Holy Spirit led me to a video, basically. I have no idea how I found the video. It just kind of appeared in a web, uh, web form I read, but it was a really old date. Not the new stuff. It was supposed to be news, but it was old news. Um, there was a kid, it was a cute video, who was gifted $1,000 to try to spend in a day. So the kid, they're talking to the kid, and they're asked, like, what do you want to do with your $1,000? And it was a six-year-old. And the six-year-old says, the first thing I want to do is get a limo. So they call up a limo service. And then the kid wanted to eat pizza in the limo. So they call up and get pizza delivered. Exactly what the kid wants. And the next thing he wanted to do was go to Toys R Us. This is how I know it's old. <laughs> and when he walked in, it was actually really sweet because he didn't walk to his toys first. He walked to his sister's toys. He bought his sister a toy first. And then he bought himself a toy. And they suggested uh, playing some video games, so he went and they played some video games. And they said, okay, well, you have spent, um, did I write it down? Maybe not. Oh, he, he spent about $600 for the day. I think the most expensive part was the limo. And he's like, what else do you want to do with your money? He goes, I want to give it to the people that are on the street. I want to give it to the people that play music and have the little things out. So the rest of the evening, he and the people going with him took him to different people that were on the street. Some people had a hat, and they put money in this one. Then they go to somebody else and give money to that person, and money to that person, and money to that person. And he said it was the best day ever. When they asked him what his favorite part was, guess what it was? Giving money. He gave out about $400 to the poor. A six-year-old's heart wanted to give to the poor. And it's so sweet.
And if you don't believe me about the whole loan part, Proverbs 19:17, if you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. It might not be in the form of this, but he will repay you. I brought me with me some rice. I know in uh, in uh, when they were writing a lot of the Bible, a lot of it's called wheat, but rice does the exact same thing. It's a seed. It's a seed that you could grind and make pasta from. It's a seed you can grind and make flour from, and you can have different foods from rice. You can also take the rice and put it in a pot, and you get rice with your whatever you want to cook. So you can eat all of this. Or, just like wheat, you could take a portion of it and plant it, and you get more rice. So part of the idea of wisdom is deciding what is food and what is seed. This is where giving to missions happens and giving to regular offerings happen. When you give an offering to a building fund, a missionary, something like that, sometimes it's about poor and sometimes it's about the alms side. But sometimes it's about seed. Because... When you are giving money to somebody and it's out from your heart about, I love them and I want to see them be better, you're not trying to reap from something there. When you are giving to a vision, somebody comes up and they announce a vision. Uh, The best one I heard is the water wells. When Harold comes up and talks about the water wells, you're giving to a vision of people. You're giving a vision. Um, also, when you give to an evangelist, you're reaping souls. Your, your harvest is souls. When you give to, you look at it, look at different visions. And this actually rebukes your appetite. Because when you look to a vision, you have to choose what to not have. You have to make choices when you give to a vision. And God actually says he gives to the sower. So the more you start giving, the more you get to actually have to give. There's also a verse that says, if you sow sparingly, you reap. If you sow abundantly, you reap. Yeah. And I also love this verse about... uh, giving might be a little bit too small oh disappeared okay so one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the spirit there is going to be a great famine through all the world so where does the where was the famine in all the world so and I'm going to skip down And just paraphrases. So they took up an offering. Not for themselves, but to send to uh, their spiritual fathers. Was the famine going to affect them? Yes. 
but they gave in famine. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to skip savings right now. We'll do savings some other times. So, let's see, skip the test, that testimony. <laughs> yeah, we'll go back to this. Yeah, we'll do this. I was going to have some more fun up here, too. So when I take these things, I have a choice. I could put them on the altar, and I could worship it. I could fear it. Or I could sacrifice it. When we sacrifice, we are in alignment with God. When we worship it, we look at all the cool things that we bought. Uh, One of the things I've started doing is anything I buy, I try to be thankful for God that I can have it. So I've even taken to where after buying groceries, I thank God. Thank you, God, for the groceries. Because I know what it's like to have a little bit to buy groceries and have to choose, pick and choose what to get. So I do the thankful to keep myself from being over here. Other things that come out of our mouth is like, I don't worship money, but I'm afraid of going broke. So I can't do this because I'm afraid I have worries about my finances. I'm worried that if, if I do this, this is going to happen. That's over on the poverty side of fear. You're fearing money. It's still the same thing. Here is God will provide for me. Now, I love this testimony from uh, Bill Johnson, uh, Pastor Bill Johnson in Reading. So, he had his budget and it, it you know it was a nice even type budget and he wanted to give an extra five dollars to a mission so he trusted God and signed up he was going to give an extra five dollars each month to a mission he knew that wasn't in his bank account he took the faith step and said I'm just going to trust God that I'm going to have an extra five dollars somehow His insurance bill for his, I guess, auto insurance reduced by $5. They basically wrote him a letter saying, you're paying too much for your insurance, here's an extra $5. Guess what? He he could meet what he said he was going to do. Um, When we've been purchasing a house, and you know when you have something that has a lot of zeros on it, it gets scary. It looked like it. It looks like it's going to fit our budget, but it's still scary. 
So I've been going, okay, over here, and then a little bit over here, and over here, and over here. <laughs> and God told me, trust me, we'll get this. I'm helping you take care of it for you. So I'm like, okay, I'm standing on the promise that this will be okay. God's got me. And then part of me goes, almost wanting to call up and say, no, I want a cheaper house. And I'm like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. God's got me. Uh, I'm not sure. God's got me. But then I have to come over here. It's like, what else does God got? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Holy Spirit corrects me back over here. It needs to be in alignment of what I've actually declared into that house. So I'm going to wrap up with some declarations. I pulled these from the um, Educational Sozo book about breaking mindsets. I modified it just a little bit. But we're going to do some declarations. get down so I could actually see it better. Okay. Father God, forgive me, forgive me for limiting you by my own words. I repent for seeing the problem that I am having as overwhelming. I ask you, Lord, that my life would not be like the spies who came back from the promised land and gave a negative report. There's more. <laughs> Lord, I repent on the behalf of my family line who limited themselves by their negative declarations and never reached their God-given destiny. I declare that I know your arm is not too short to heal me. Lord Jesus, Please remove the polluted water under my Brocus region and restore my language center the way you created it to be. There's a little bit more. By the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross of Calvary, I declare that right now as I speak these words, you are healing my brain. Holy Spirit, help me be aware of any negative statements that I may make about resources. I want to change. Amen. So, our words create worlds. And when we declare, we look into what God gives us in our heart. Look into that dream. Look at what God wants to do and to begin, begin to declare that. And then what you do is you partner with God and you step forward. When you step forward, sometimes it's scary. But don't worry, God's got you. God's got you. Thank you. Just 
partner with this word. Uh, how many of you can identify with some things? I can identify with some things here. You know, we, uh, we, we, we need to realize that we are not just people of faith, but we are people who recognize, as she said, our confession creates a new world. And I think we need to really begin to recognize that dreams, thoughts, a vision that God has placed in your life. I believe he wants to just blow on that this morning. I believe he wants to put a can-do mentality. I can do all things. Amen? I can obey God. I can believe God to fulfill the dream that he put in my heart. Maybe years ago. Maybe even recently. But see, it starts, first of all, with renewing my mind. Then I need to renew my mouth. I need to renew my confession. Amen? I really appreciate what she said where, on that one of the phrases, I repent, she wrote up there, I repent so that my faith, my, mo- my mouth, my confession will come into alignment, I'm paraphrasing this, with what God sees in me and what he wants me to possess through his promises and not come back with a negative report like the children of Israel said when they saw the promises. How many of you know that we are not grasshoppers? <laughs> We're not grasshoppers. We are giant killers. We possess the promise. Amen. Now, I want you to raise your hand right now because I, I believe that this, we need to really seal this. We need to say, Lord, change my, help change my mind. Renew my mind. Father, I embrace your promises. I'm going to release fear. I'm going to release doubt. I'm going to cast down every thought. Amen. That opposes the will of God, the promises of God in my life. You know, one thing I've realized is that when you begin to pursue the promises of God, Satan begins to attack you. But we're not going to shrink on that. Amen. So let's, let's just believe. Father, we thank you right now for the word. We thank you for this anointed message. Lord, we believe we're coming into a fresh paradigm. Lord, we believe you're not just doing a new thing, but we are participating. We are partnering with you, Lord, to arise and shine as your kingdom is demonstrated and manifest, even through us, through our giving, through our stewardship. In our lives, whether it's whether it's a dollar, whether it's five dollars, whether it's five thousand dollars or more, and maybe it's not even through currency, Lord. Maybe maybe it's just stewarding our time, opening our lives and our hearts to others to serve them in other ways, other people, Lord. Even serving serving in your kingdom, Lord, help us not to belittle what you have put into us. Lord, we repent from any kind of just self-abasement, which is a false sense of self-righteousness, that self-righteousness. Father, we, today we recognize that because of the Holy Spirit and the power that dwells in us, our dreams change the world we live in. Our faith can bring those things that are not into a reality right now. Lord, you, you desire for many of us, even right now, to even make a transition, even in their job. 
Maybe they're working under oppressive situations, maybe under an employer. But Father, we see that even under that condition, we can advance through a spirit of honor. Lord, we are not limited. We are not bound by physical or external limitations. But Lord, these serve as opportunities, Lord, to grow and to recognize and to see heavens open in our life right now. We embrace that. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. I want you to turn to someone and just declare miracles are coming. Do that right now. Miracles are coming in your life.